And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, here as today's host of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce, Amazon, entrepreneurship, um, really just getting into the stories of the founders and the reasons why they've built some of these amazing businesses. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Canva, where you go to collaborate and create amazing graphic design for free. Whether it's a presentation to share an idea, a video to launch your business, or a social post to start a conversation. With Canva, you can do and design anything. Discover the magic of visual communication and how Canva helps you create a lasting impact today. Visit canva.com to learn more. I saw or I listened to the the origin story of Canva on how I built this podcast and um, her story. And I think her boyfriend that helped her build it was is just really amazing. They're really just starting out with yearbooks and turned something into a billion dollar company, which is Canva um, and made it attainable for all of us to kind of be able to, to design and create. Um, it's really awesome. So canva.com to learn more. I'm really excited about today's guest. We're going to be talking about how to transform into a sustainable brand and uh you know he's talking uh before the show we're always getting to know each other a little bit and we're just talking about he's like oh, i don't know if there's that much uh about myself i feel like sharing you know he just wants to talk about e-commerce <laughs> but i'm gonna help help him get into a little bit of his origin story uh rodrigo gonzalez coming out of Clearwater. welcome to the show thank you andrew thank you for having me yes it's a pleasure to have you um i used to live in Clearwater myself so we were just chatting about some of the nuances that are that is Clearwater. i'm sure it's an amazing place right now um you know coming into summer so you guys you're gonna have a lot of fun just moved there in the last six months um let's talk about you like you know your life uh i think we talked um you know latin america being part of your heritage as well i don't know all the all the origins behind that story but i'd love to just go back as far as you'd like to share um, maybe before you got into e-commerce, but were you in corporate? Were, did you always know you're going to be an entrepreneur? Like, what was your family life like? Uh, just share with the audience a little bit about about yourself, um, and to, so that we can get to the point of where you created created this brand. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, I always say that my life is very boring, but you know, maybe somebody will find it interesting. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, so uh, I uh, yeah, I was born in Mexico. Um, I um, I come from a very diverse uh, family. So I, uh, I have, um, my ancestry is Lebanese, uh, Mexican, uh, Spanish, uh, French. So I, I'm just all over the place. My family, okay. I have family all over the world. <laughs> so, um, so I think that I always wanted to create you know, I'm always being okay. on the creating side of things. I, uh, my background is with, um, business. I studied business. I studied phil philosophy. Um, and then I worked as a business consultant, um, as a quality manage manager, um, at about what, 20 years ago, I came here for a wedding. Um, one of my cousins was getting married and, um, 
there was a guy that I met at the wedding and he offered me a job and, oh, wow. you know, so I been here since then. So, um, then I found, um, my, um, the love of my life and got married. And next I knew I, I had two kids. <laughs> I married, uh, to a graphic designer. So, okay. um, she is really awesome graphic designer. She studied in some of the top, um, art schools in Los Angeles. Uh, so yeah. So then, uh, in so you're working, you're working where at that time when, when you guys meet, uh, well, when we met, uh, I was working as a quality manager for a company, you know, some corporate car company. Okay. <clears throat> but I obviously had always wanted to find something. I, um, found uh, very easy to, you know, find weaknesses in companies and solve them. That's basically yep. my strength, um, how to streamline lines and um, find, you know, better ways to um, run a company, right? Uh, so then in 2016, when she got uh, pregnant with our first kid, um, she quit her uh, corporate job and um, she was, uh, she had been working there for four, five, six years or something. And, uh, and she started freelancing. Okay. And, uh, at that time I was working for a company, uh, consulting company. And then she, um, she started all of a sudden she just started getting Amazon clients. I, at that time, I didn't even know anything about Amazon. Just like, you know, I go to Amazon, I shop in Amazon. I just didn't know, you know, it was a, a, a way to actually generate money. Yeah. <laughs> so we started, you know, getting into, she started getting all these Amazon, um, you know, uh, sellers get, trying to get logos from her, uh, package design. She has a very strong uh, background on um, print design. So packaging and stuff like that. And, um, uh, I kind of, that's how I started getting into Amazon, you know, okay. and all of a sudden I became myself an Amazon seller as well, you know, and then, um, did you start with wholesale or did you start bringing your own products? Like what was your first move? Private label. Private label. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. started with private label. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's how I started. So, <clears throat> and then my, um, she started getting a lot of clients just out of, uh, you know, worth of mouth. And all of a sudden, you know, I saw the opportunity there. I was like, she was having a, lot, a really hard time dealing with that many clients. So I jumped in and used my skills and we made it into a business. At the beginning, we were uh, doing listings and, uh, you know, photography, lifestyle photography. Uh, we were doing um, anything to do with listings, A-plus content, yeah. you know, everything, right? So we, we used to go to... Um, you know, conventions and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then when the pandemic hit, um, I was living at that time in um, uh, Vancouver, Washington, just right above Portland. It became really difficult to do mm -hmm. uh, photography, lifestyle photography and photography because of all the regulations they had there. Uh, so then we started kind of uh, moving away from photography and we started uh, getting more into branding because that's always been our strength is uh branding right so when i say branding is not just the name of your company or your logo um 
a brand really is a person's gut feeling about a product, service, or company, right? It's not what you say it is, it's what they say it is. Right. Right. So branding entails a lot of stuff, not just design. That's only one thing about branding. Um, that's the, the face of the brand, right? So Nike is the logo, is the colors, is the um, the photography style. The slogan, the history. The slogan. But you, you get more, in, when, when you get more into branding, it's also the way you position yourself, right? So Nike positions themselves as for athletes, as this inspirational company, um, then is the messaging, right? So we started just really, really uh, focusing on branding. And now we are, basically, that's what we do. We do branding. We are basically the company to go if you want to gain brand awareness, brand loyalty, brand enthusiasm. We work mainly for with sellers, seven and eight figure sellers, uh, or sometimes even startups. No Amazon startups, more like, venture, you know, backed Back. type of startups, right? <clears throat> but Amazon sellers, seven and eight figure sellers. And this started because we started seeing that a lot of Amazon sellers, when they get to a specific point of success, they want to reach out of Amazon because yep. Amazon might be the best, uh, you know, platform to get started. It might be a great platform to become millionaire. But it's so hard to become a mainstream brand on Amazon, right? Yep. It's they just make it really hard because the customers are not your customers; they are their customers. So when companies are trying to move away from Amazon, or not necessarily move away, but you know, reach out beyond, like try to establish their website, try to get a, a following base, uh, it, it just becomes really complicated for them, and they hire companies, marketing companies, and marketers unless they actually do it properly, but when they do marketing, um, they forget sometimes about the proper research that goes into creating a brand that actually is going to uh, connect with the target audience, right? So uh, that's basically what we do uh, when people, we solve that problem. When people are trying to reach out beyond Amazon, they're trying to sell their company, uh, they're trying to expand their influence. Their, um, so we help them as a branding design consultancy studio to get to that goal. Let's talk about some of the nuances because, you know, Marnology is in a similar space, right? Mm -hmm. And let's talk about some of the nuances that are different from even like a D2C uh, product or a product that's in a retail, on a retail shelf versus a lot of the products that start on Amazon. For me, what comes to mind is packaging, right? Like <clears throat> you can sell a product on Amazon in a brown box, getting started, you know, with private label or being a big seller in that way. But that box is never going to sit on a retail shelf as yeah, it is. That's right. So, you know, if you want to start being picked up by retail, if you want to start, um, you know, D2C is its own beast altogether. But that's one of the things that really stands out to me is, is, uh, the difference between an e-commerce brand and a retail brand is a lot of times the packaging and the investment into that. Um, what are your thoughts on some of that? You said your, your, your wife's background was around like kind of package design packaging. and things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, how important do you think that that is in regards to creating a sustainable brand on or off Amazon? Right. So when you're trying to reach out to, you know, let's say Costco, right? 
uh, target that you don't want to sell on their website, but you actually want to sell on their shelves, right? They're going to look more than just your packaging. They're going to look um, a lot of different things. And that's actually why we are getting into sustainability, because if uh, people really want to reach out to the shelves of Target, Costco, you know, Costco works a lot with sustainable brands. And we'll yeah. get into that. But uh, you're, the way you... So let's start with this first. When you, are, when you sell on Amazon, you don't need an amazing brand strategy to be successful. I mean, let's just be honest, right? Uh, because you're using the Amazon brand. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. Because when they move away from Amazon... And they are like, oh, I don't understand why I'm not selling so well. And I'm hiring this marketing company and so forth. And, you know, on Amazon, I'm number one seller in all these different categories. And we say, yeah, but you're using the Amazon branding effect. That means right. when people go on Amazon, they, they, they don't trust. go there to, to buy from you. They, they think they're buying from Amazon. Even when they're buying Nike shoes, they, they still think that they are buying from Amazon, Right. Because Amazon has created this brand um, trust, uh, you know, it's all, um, you know, directed to consumers and how to spoil consumers with same day shipping and easy returns and, you know, guarantee that whatever you're going to get is going to be good or you can just return it and get something yep. else, you know. So when you're trying to reach out to, you know, companies like Costco and Target, you have to have a well-established brand. You have to have a correct, you know, it's not just about your logo again, but let's say your packaging has to be consistent. The colors of your packaging has to be consistent. The messaging of your company, right? Uh, Target is not going to accept something that just looks okay. It's going to accept something, especially like if you're trying to sell shampoo in Target, right? Well, what, what is going to be your angle? How are you special? Right. So if you just sell an, an okay, you know, product that I can find somewhere else, well, there's no reason why Target will choose you over others. Right. Right. And there, there's something I've been finding, um, just literally had a call right before this one. Um, but this is something I'm seeing over and over and over again is if you want to be carried in Home Depot, if you want to be carried in Target, if you want to be carried in Walmart, if you want to be carried in Kroger or Whole Foods, a lot of times they're looking to your online sales before they'll take you in store too as yeah. well. So mm -hmm. uh, target.com or homedepot.com, I, I know for a fact, um, they're like, you know, sell on our marketplace first, uh, which is, you know, target.com or homedepot.com. If you do well, that's how they're now making buyer decisions on what to carry in their store. And then that's where the questions come in of your packaging and all these kinds of things. But you, you almost have to do a good job um, you know, telling that brand story or why your product is a, the best shampoo or why they should have you online, even off Amazon, uh, to be picked up in stores. And that was something that Amazon did first, whenever they, you know, with vendor central and one P they, they were bringing in brands, you know, all the big brands onto Amazon in the early days. Um, they didn't make them actually learn e-commerce. They were just buying, you know, making human to human relationships saying, Hey, we'll buy a million dollars of inventory and POs bringing those products in and shipping them on Amazon. That's why the customers are confused now uh, because it's changed from that. But Amazon said, hey, we're not going to do all of the work anymore like we used to on 1P. We need, we, we need you now to figure it out. 
on 3P, meaning how do you send product in and how do you do photos and how do you list them? You need to list them yourselves and all these things. Well, a lot of other retailers and marketplaces are following suit to what Amazon did. Why, why should they have the manpower to do that when they can get these brands, you know, to do it for them? Uh, yeah, absolutely. just something I'm finding, just something I'm finding as, as I look to brands that are expanding. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, they will, they, they are going to look at your online sales, but they also going to look at, you know, your following. And, and, and here's, here's the, the most important thing. If you have, okay, online sales, but you have a huge social media following, okay. And you have a, 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 a you have engaged, you know, following. That's going to be a very key factor for them to decide if they should take you in. And yes. we have seen it with several companies. It's, I think, I think it's if you how, focus, it's, it's not so much of how popular you are, but you know, you have a lot of engagement with your social media. People like you, people like your story. Yeah, of course you have a very, you know, a very good, I mean, provided that obviously you don't, you, you might have some product that doesn't sell anywhere else and it's great product. So yeah, of course, you know, but I'm just talking about the average Joe, you know? Yeah, totally. And honestly, <laughs> brand building is the hardest thing to do in business. So right, regardless of channel, I mean, I think right. brand building is the hardest thing to do. It's what everyone tries to do. It's what everyone wants to do. Amazon sellers being the one exception, probably that didn't have to do that in order mm -hmm. to be successful. Yeah. But for the, you know, as long as time can go back, brand building has, or, or having a brand has existed, um, reputation, right? Right. Before as brand, it was reputation, uh, business reputation, um, so these things are, you know, stuff that should be on, on everyone's mind, uh, you know, all the time. And I think if anyone's looking to say like, Hey, who should we pick? They're going to pick the, the company that's standing out on their own without a lot of help. You know, that's got the big social following that's got the good product reviews. Um, why should they take risks, you know, based on conversation when they can look at what the market is deciding, uh, you know, how they feel about your brand and what you're creating. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And there is a lot of, uh, you know, nowadays, especially nowadays, um, where we have a lot of everything, right? We have a lot of options of everything. We, you know, if we need a spatula, I mean, <laughs> how many yeah. spatulas can you find in Amazon, right? Uh, <clears throat> but nowadays, when you understand the potential of what branding can do for you and your company, you would understand that people no longer buy from brands. People join brands, right? Uh, you don't, if you're, are you an Apple person or are you a PC person? I'm both. You're both? Okay. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I've got an Apple Mac right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, usually when people get a phone, right? They get an iPhone. It's not like they just buy an iPhone. They, they join Apple right? They joined the group of people who have iPhones, right? Uh, yep. If you wear your Nike shirt, you're joining the brand, right? You're joining yep. the brand, you're representing the brand, you agree with what all, all they, they pitch to everybody, right? Their messaging. The messaging like and it. the whole thing. So the ultimate goal of a brand is to have, to become a household name, to have people become part of their cult or their tribe or whatever you want to call them, right? So that's the ultimate, right? Because, you know, getting, uh, 
recurring customers is, what is it, 80% cheaper than uh, getting new customers, right? So people buying from you again and again is the power of branding. And some people are really good at actually creating that, right? So yep. people don't need anybody. They just, their messaging is great and a marketing they're company authentic, picks They're authentic, they're community builders, right, exactly. It's easy for marketing companies to advertise these people, but not that's not the same for all the brands. Correct. Um, I want to go. I want to ask a couple of questions, like a little bit more practical questions. Before we do, a reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Canva. With Canva, you can design your ideas with ease, get inspired with over five hundred thousand free templates and a rich content library that helps you and your team. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, guys. Achieve your goals. Sign up and start designing for free at Canva.com. What bad timing? Uh, but I can't help it. I wanted to go into like, you know, uh, let's, let's think about this practically just to give people a little bit of, uh, an idea on how this, you know, this plays out. You've got, a, you've got a product, uh, you know, maybe you're a VC backed startup, but let's just say you're an Amazon seller. Um, and you're like, I've got some products I'm moving, I'm moving, uh, the needle. I'm seeing sales grow on my account. I've, I've sourced some great products. I've got the keywords, right. Must be doing something right. Or I wouldn't be selling. Um, but I'm ready to start thinking about building my brand. Um, maybe competition's gotten cheaper and lower their prices, and that's why you need to build brand. Maybe you're trying to expand off of Amazon. You want to build brand, and they come to you, uh, Rodrigo, and they're saying, "Hey, like, help me get started. Like, where should we start? I don't even know. Um, you know, what are those first conversations like? What are you looking for in those sellers that that makes it exciting as an exciting project to you? Let's just share some of the insights uh, around those early conversations. Yeah, absolutely. The first thing you always do with companies is just you need to know what their goal is, right? Because every company has a different goal and depends on what they want to do and where they want to be at five years from now, 10 years from now. Well, they each one is going to take a different path. Some people just want to sell on Amazon and, you know, they want to, you know, uh, just grow their, um, you know, product line and create, they some create several you know, brands, uh, and, you know, we help them with, you know, their, uh, visual because Amazon is more about the visual, you know, the owners usually have a pretty good way to, you know, describe their product and the A plus content and so forth. Right. <clears throat> but, uh, the first thing you always do with, uh, building a brand is, um, find out what the goals are, what, you know, and then from there we move to the next step well, what is the purpose of the brand beyond the monetary purpose okay because that's really really important what's the purpose of the brand beyond making money beyond just getting hitting the bottom line right so uh for a let's say that um recently we were getting a um a company that makes uh shampoo for dogs Okay. No, no, sorry, sorry. It was making some skin product. It was a skin product. It was a shampoo kind of soap um, for um, for people, right? And then they were also advertising it for babies. Okay. And later on, they said that it also worked for dogs. Do you see where the problem is there? <laughs> Seems like it. Cause Their it's, sales it's a- plummet, right? So it was just, you know, so then they came to us and we said, okay, good. What is the purpose of your company? What what is it? What what is your passion? Why why did you create this company? 
Is it for dogs or is it for humans? Because you can't have both, right? <laughs> Sorry, but we, we are not, we, we, you have to be very well defined on your positioning, right? Yeah. So, and if it's for humans, you can't target babies and adults, you know? it's It just doesn't work. No one is going to pick that up, right? So they, at the end, well, the person who, who uh, created this brand was a mom and she actually did it for babies, right? And it was a great product, right? So I said, well, then let's forget about the the adults. Let's just target the the baby babies. niche, right? It's a huge market. You don't need to have adults. The baby niche is like there's tons of babies being born every day, every minute, right? So that's the second time. You know, the second thing is the purpose of the brand. You see, every time you start defining that, that that's what brand strategy does it just focus it's all about focusing into what is that you do what is that you want to do and how you're going to do it and then we need to see because there is a thousand three hundred and forty six baby brands right now selling so how can we divide the market and figure out what is going to be the best positioning for you and the further you niche to the minimum viable market, right? The better you're going to do as a brand, because honestly, you don't need everybody to sustain your brand. You just need a little tiny portion that is still, that where you still be able to, to, you know, to serve quite a few people, right? To be able to become profitable. I think uh, that's, that's great. And I'll share a little personal story that's kind of, was one of my first lessons in branding. Um, I was, you know, gaining popularity here in Kansas City and uh, in the entrepreneurial community, the startup community, and just getting involved, networking, and things like that. And um, you know, it, it was it was flattering, uh, but at the same time, it kind of just made me upset a little bit sometimes. When I, I own an apparel brand as well called Landlocked, uh, so I have Marknology, my Amazon agency. You know, that's that's my what I do all day, every day, but I have an apparel brand named Landlock and it was also doing well. And, um, I would get noticed around town as the t-shirt guy. <laughs> okay. So you're the, Oh yeah, you have the t-shirts. You have the, Oh yeah. They're super cool. They're amazing. Yeah. And I hated it because I was just like, I'm doing so much more than that. I'm doing some really cool stuff on Amazon and e-commerce. Like, this is what I'm passionate about. This was super cool. I don't just make t-shirts. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was mm -hmm. just not that that's a bad thing, but it was, it just didn't love it. Right. So whenever I took a step back to say, okay, it's not, it's not that they're getting it wrong or they're not reading enough or they're not getting it. or They're not researching my, my posts enough or to understand what I do. It's that my messaging must be off right? I'm doing a lot of different things. They're all great. Uh, but what am I trying to say? What am I trying to Well, what I wanted to be known as when I was trying to get my start was if anyone's trying to sell on Amazon, if a brand's going to Amazon, if a manufacturer's going to Amazon, uh, and they're in conversation around Kansas City, I wanted my name to come up in the conversation, right? So if I was doing my job well, they'd be, oh, I know what someone that's doing Amazon in, in the city. It's, it's Andrew at Marknology, right? Well, I can't have that. And I'm the t-shirt guy at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. So it became just, I took a step back and said, Hey, why, 
you know, why is my messaging coming across this way? Is this what I'm promoting the most? Are these the most visual things that are standing out there? And then like, you know, the stuff I'm talking about e-commerce and Amazon is more content driven with, with text. Um, I just started looking at it from a bunch of different angles and really realized, okay, my personal brand needs to be my personal brand. And then, you know, my companies need to be split off into their own social medias, having their own messaging and getting more niche in each of those ways. And, you know, before long, I really started hitting some momentum and, you know, referrals are picking up and everyone knows if there's someone that needs Amazon, it's, it's Andrew at Martinology. Um, but that was one that I, it took me a few months, I think of just like kind of hearing those comments to be like, something's off with my messaging, something's off with, you know, how I'm positioning myself and and then to go back to the drawing board and make changes. So I don't know if that resonates with you, but I think a lot of people can, um, it's not, you know, you have to put ego aside. If you're the creator yourself, it's a lot easier when you're just managing someone else's brand to be like neutral about it and not feel emotional. But when it's your own brand, you really have to put ego aside and say, what is the market telling me? What is the data telling me uh, about my products or my brand? What are people feeling? whenever they come in contact with my brand or my people, um, instead of what you think they're feeling. Uh, I think you started off our conversation kind of with that and the importance of it. Um, but if you're trying to cre create a sustainable brand, I think it's really, really important that at first, and so you can pivot and you can, I think you can change at once you have a brand in place. Okay. So you see this all the time with music artists. Uh, you know, they'll be known for one thing for 10 years, 15 years, get a, get a big customer or a big fan base and then switch to, to rock music or to something completely different than what they were doing, folk music or something. And they'll still be successful. That's because they built trust and a following and a brand at first, very, very specific. Um, and now that they're at that level of success can try some of these different things. But at the beginning, I don't think you should be trying human and pet and baby and, and all those kinds of things. You need to stick with one kind of get known for that. Um, and then you can build on that. What are your thoughts on that? Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that, that makes totally sense. Um, <clears throat> you always have to be, people will remind you for one thing. And that's true. You know, Michael Jordan was a great golf player, right? But we don't remember Michael Jordan from being a great golf player. We know him, but he was the king of basketball, right? Yeah. So, but you know, that's, that's just one of that, an example. When I ask you, well, what does Sony mean to you? What, what do you think? Sony? Mm -hmm. Electronics. Electronics, right. Okay. Well, but it doesn't really, it's, it's not like something it's specific. It's broad, right? They have. I think TVs, I think. Their branding. You know, yeah. it's an example of what you're not supposed to do. They were into music and, and movies and cameras keyboards, and computers yeah. and keyboards and TVs. And they are all over the place. And now they, what what are they good? What What is it? What is it that they do? What are they right? known for? Don't what? know. I don't know. They do great cameras. To me, Sunny means cameras because that's what I use, right? <laughs> so, so, but um, at some point they they had their bio, which was the the laptop that that was like the coolest thing ever back in the early two thousands, and you know, but then you go into okay, so what what does um, uh, Apple mean to you? What's well, computers? It's iPhones, right? It's very simple, right? So let's talk about that. Can can we can I jump in there and talk yeah, about sure. the um the kind of the Apple comparison? Yeah, I think yeah. you know you're saying a lot of people whenever they choose, they're one or the other, Apple or PC. There's mm -hmm. no mix. Mm -hmm. Well. I started out building computers when I was very little. Uh, you know, I'm 35. I think I was like eight or nine when I was building my first computers with my dad. And Mac wasn't a thing. So you built desktops, you know, 
plugging in these, uh, you know, ports and getting, getting the frame and PCs were how I got my start. If you go to school, uh, for it as well, you go to school with PCs. Uh, they just, there's not Macs in school, at least like, uh, in the it when you're first getting started because all the software programs, all of these things use, you had to have a PC computer and it's still the case in a lot of jobs. Um, but as I started becoming, and I was, I was devout. You know, I didn't want Mac. I didn't want Mac. I didn't want Mac. I didn't want Mac. I didn't have an iPhone. I didn't have a Mac computer. Um, but as I changed to being an entrepreneur and a content creator, because you have to create your own media company a lot of times within your business to be able to produce content at a high level, or you hire an agency or a firm to do that. But for me, it was a lot cheaper to build my own team uh, and become my own media team. Well, as I'm kicking out podcasts and Instagram posts and tweets and, uh, you know, all these kinds of things where we're becoming a branding agency as well, Apple beat Mac beat PC in that regard, right? The connectivity, what are they known for? They're known for ease of use, connectivity, everything working really well together. So maybe I can't custom, custom, customize my phone, my Android and take it all apart, you know, and like do all these open source things. But what I needed was my time started mattering more to me. And so efficiency and ease of use became what I needed. And Mac stood out for that, you know? So I think just to bring that home and why I, why I use both and kind of, it was as my needs changed, I looked to the brand that, that solved for those things. And then I went there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, uh, I'm, I'm going to give you an example, right? So uh, let's say that I, I, I make um, dressing for salad, right? Um, but also I make chemical products to for cleaning, right? And and um, would you really feel confident uh, buying from me, you know, dressing salad? You know, no. but, but, you know, that that's really Clorox, you know, yeah. Clorox owns uh, Hidden Valley, right? So Clorox makes ranch. <laughs> Obviously they sell it under a different brand, right? Yep. Completely separated, right? Clorox that's makes cleaning products and... Hidden Valley makes dressing for salad, right? And they have complete separate messaging and complete different companies, right? So that's what you do. I mean, if you want to be selling things for dogs and babies, well, you're going to have to create two different brands for that, right? Each one with different messagings, each one with different positionings and never, never mix them because people will remember you for one thing. I think one thing that's important is like, I see it with my friend group. I see it with a lot of people I talk to, Um, you know, they'll talk about, well, you know, I wouldn't move into this house. You know, I'm also in short-term rentals and like property management. I own another business in Kansas city as well that, that works in that area. So Airbnb. You are a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. I, I, I'm all over the place, Rodrigo. I I tell you, Um, Martinology is my bread and butter, but like Airbnbs and short-term rentals are a lot like e-commerce, right? You take great photos, you design a great product and you have a great brand. Everything is booked online, automation, reviews, messaging. Uh, It's just like another marketplace. Really the difference is is that the products are are homes, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, but you know, I'll I'll talk to my friends about this place. Okay, it's cool, but the bedrooms are small. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times they're thinking through their frame of reference. Like, would this, most people are like, you know, they assume like, would this place, would I move here? Would this place be good for me? Right. And whenever you're a branding, whenever you're in branding or marketing, you start to realize that that's not always the case. You can't just see through the eyes of Andrew, right. Whenever you're designing something and for, for every, for every home, there's, there's a different, um, 
customer out there for that home, right? It could be a single dad uh, with a daughter needing a small two bedroom, you know, but he needs to be within a certain zip code or a rent. It could be uh, three college roommates. It could be, you know, a solo guy or, or woman that just want an office as their extra room, you know, so the size of the rooms don't matter. What you really start realizing is like, there's so many different customers, um, you know, out there. So you have to figure out in my Airbnbs, I actually have three models. And this is something I'm working on right now. I have kind of this very high end, like a high, a high uh, dollar amount per night, like in nice areas of town, very luxurious, very like premium. I have like, uh, probably the homes I would live in, like just your standard, like your standard home, uh, two bedroom, one bath or three bedroom, one bath, something like that less like more like a residential neighborhood kind of places. And then I have more of like the hostel, right, which is uh, the hostel uh, kind of model, which is like four or five rooms, you just rent out the room, and then there's common space, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's three different customers. Uh, so I'm running one business, right. I have three different customers, we're trying to diversify and test and see what works and what what doesn't. But as I'm looking at pricing, as I'm looking at messaging, as I'm looking at amenities and what's included, I'm really trying to learn each of them. And I think that at times I've been really good at, at hitting each, each kind of customer market. And at other times I'm, I'm applying broad changes that don't work that way. And it needs to be very specific and, and really change that. So that's a, that's a problem I'm working on right now um, in regards to just getting it dialed in, you know, getting it, getting the messaging and the content just a little bit better for those customers that I'm selling to um, with a different model. So thanks for letting me share that. But just another real example, a real life example of, of messaging and trying to get it right. You know, you're not selling the same thing to everyone. There's a different customer uh, at all different levels. Yeah, absolutely. And you touch upon uh, Airbnb. Airbnb is a very interesting business model because they have two different target audiences. Mm. One is the people who rent and two are the renters, right? Yep. So if you see the promotions, the first thing they started to do was they were putting most of their marketing into, um, you know, targeting the the millennials because usually it's the millennial target audience uh, who wanted to rent, you know, houses, right? But then they run into a problem, and that's that there were not that many renters. So right now, Airbnb, if you see all their ads, are um, it's called I forgot the name, but it's it's called. Uh, made possible by is is a is a new ad which is made possible by you know the renters right the people who are offering their houses and okay. this is all they're doing right now because they probably don't have enough enough uh, people but that's that's you know it was a, it's just an interesting story there interesting yeah I think a, <laughs> a lot of other companies have caught up uh, in regards to like hotels and apartments and VCs and for forward thinking, like equity firms and hotels, uh, that as they like have open rooms, they've been like, Oh, we used to have a policy to say, no, 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 no. Like, you know, we're, com we're competing with that. Uh, and then they've, you know, they've started out with the, like the homes by Hilton and these like boutiques that are more like an Airbnb than anything else. So yeah. it's created some competition in the market, much like on Amazon. When you first started on Amazon, it was free, it was blue ocean. You could just get on there and sell, and it was super easy. You didn't really have to do much. Uh, now you have to, you know, you have Chinese sellers undercutting your pricing. Well, how do you compete with Chinese sellers? Well, you have American branding. You have localized branding, right? Mm -hmm. If you're Absolutely. going to Germany, you need to have localized branding in Germany. Yeah, uh, it's a completely different customer. So yeah. these are the things like with any new innovation or. Um, you know, there's a time to be first and it's easy. Uh, it's kind of just like you're there first and you're winning, but 
But ultimately, it comes back to the same basics of just being super efficient, doing very well with your branding and your storytelling and your follow up, your customer retention. You know, that's a, that's a move in Airbnb right now, which is Airbnb kind of owns your customers as well, similar to Amazon. Uh, so it's on you as a you know, as a host or a, a host running, you know, 14, 15 properties to say, hey, how do we collect our customers information, maybe even locally in the apartments or the homes so that we can message them again and get them coming back and back and back similar to like any other model. Um, so as you learn one Amazon, you can see like uh, there's a lot of learnings to take right into Airbnb yeah. if you've done one or the other and understand how it works. But I wanted to say to the to your comment about the millennials as hosts, as someone running a business, you know, Airbnb business, and it helped me get through my early years of entrepreneurship. It, it, you know, I'd rent out my place and stay at my sister's house or my friend's house to be able to make a few hundred dollars that weekend, you know, and get by. Um, because when I started on Amazon, there weren't a lot of people looking uh, for Amazon help. Honestly, it was very, it was very new. Um, mm -hmm. And but the millennial customer really understood how airbnbs work they were good at it they didn't ask a lot of questions they just boom boom they were they were trendy they were savvy they're tech friendly they knew what they were doing um as they started expanding as airbnb has gotten more popular and more well known and they've started to go to an older customer and a younger customer and not non-millennials um which is smart but what they've started to do is now as a host uh, we deal with a lot more customers that need more education. They've never checked into a house with a keypad on the front door or managed their own like, you know, streaming services or been in the kitchen, you know, looking for stuff where it is. So the millennials were kind of like trained very well and it was an easy business to run when they were the customer. But as the customers gotten bigger, it's really created challenges for us as hosts. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Right. It's messaging, messaging, messaging. What that made for us is whenever we're sending out emails or instructions, we have to be way more detailed, maybe start labeling things at the house, like, you know, a different strategy. Um, and I think that that's, I could tell story after story after story of brands on Amazon where they think they have a certain customer market, they get, you know, data back, they get customer data back and they're like, wow, our customer is actually like 30 years older than we thought or 20 years older than we thought. And, you know, and so you start changing the way you're approaching everything, either Absolutely. to get that younger customer you wanted or to now start speaking to the customer you already have. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, sorry, a little bit of a rant there, but I get excited about the subject. And, yeah. um, you know, it's a very challenging thing across almost any business, whether it's your personal brand, an Amazon brand, a retail brand, a real estate brand. We, we deal with a lot of the same challenges. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every business. Yeah. Well, let's let's wrap up like let's let's I'm going to have you share with our listeners. Um, you know, what's something that you guys are super excited about that you guys are doing at Prince Precipium? Um, what What is something that uh, you guys are working toward, you're excited about, or, or something to share even with our listeners um, that are looking to get started into branding? Well, <clears throat> it's um, when you're in the business of branding, you got to understand a lot of culture and all that, you know, how diverse this world is. Um, Sometimes we like to look at the world from our um, little tiny, you know, exposure to what we believe is life. Yeah. Um, the most interesting thing when you get into branding is how huge, how amazing is the amount of uh, people who believe different things and how they group together, right? And... Um, and it's so exciting to take a brand who has no personality, 
mm. who is confused, you know? Just like when see somebody that really, someone who doesn't have a well-defined personality and you don't really, it's hard for you to connect with them, right? Or with him or her, whatever. Um, it's just that, you know, it's, it's kind of like introvert and he doesn't really know who he is and, you know, so if, when you give a personality to this person, a voice, you know, a story, you start getting a little bit more, that person starts becoming a little bit more interesting, right? And it's not any different for brands. We love to take brands that are confused of who they are, are confused of, of what their goal is, and just give them, you know, this personality, the voice, their face, you know, and see the results, the conversions, speaking up, spiking up, you know, the people engaging with them for the first time in social media. Um, and we have, I mean, we work mainly with, uh, you know, e-commerce brands, but we have also, we also take, you know, uh, chiropractors, we have worked with dentists, uh, we have worked with um, lawyers, you know, just that's what happens when you're in the, in the branding business. And uh, it's just very exciting to to us, you know, to work with that kind of, um, with so much of diverse uh, um, aspects and, you know, trying to understand, you know, their target audience and how they should position and give them a, a different angle, right? Because sometimes, I don't know, but when I go to Amazon and I start going through company after company, I, you know, and then people start copying each other and it just, mm. everything looks the same, right? Everything looks the same. Like, you know, do you go to the gym? Yes. Okay. So supplements, right? Everything looks the same, right? And then there's this one company called Ghost, which is yep. it's a new company and they just go completely different, right? <laughs> but, but their Amazon listings look horrible. Oh, really? I haven't seen them. Okay. Okay. Because I'm <laughs> they, like... They didn't start on Amazon. I reached out to them on Instagram and I've told them, I love your stuff. I love your product. It's in my cabinet. But your Amazon listings look horrible. We need to have a conversation. So <laughs> right. I'm not sponsored. I'm just shouting them out. Yeah. No, they're great. I mean, they, they have a great product, right? But yeah. But you know, they are they they came and they went completely the other opposite, right? So when in the sea in a sea of blue, just become red. In the sea of yep. red, become blue. You know, just change. You know, and make sure that your change is actually going to be appealable to your target audience. But be different. I love that advice. Be yourself. I love that advice. I think it's something that it took me a really long time to learn as a person. Um, you know, I was raised in Africa, lived in Hawaii, oh. missionary family. I grew up in Africa till I was 16. So wow. I, I nice. think growing up abroad does give you, you have to learn how to adapt to, let's say, American culture or a different culture uh, once you, you know, if you're an immigrant. And I think that in, in some ways, um, makes you just think differently about messaging and frame of reference and that there's, you know, all different kinds of people instead of just being in like, you know, how you've always grown up or seen. Mm -hmm. So I think it does give us a level up in regards to just seeing how the, the different, you know, so many different parts of the world sell and buy differently. Right. Um, 
to give you the ability to kind of step outside yours and be like, you know, you could be selling just, you could be selling to Mexican Americans here, here in the U S and targeting Mexican Americans, right. With maybe some Spanish messaging, maybe like a product that's, that's very popular back home that you're trying to sell here. Like, you know, there's so many things you can do in this country alone to speak to the different types of people here. That's, that's a lot of fun. Um, I could talk about this subject forever because it's just, you know, as a, I learned, I love e-commerce in general. I love all of e-commerce, but I saw an opportunity to be different and focus on Amazon in the early days, you know, uh, before anyone was really doing it. And it was, this is a way to be different. This is a way to stand out in e-commerce. I think it's going to be important. I took a risk and it's turned out to be, a, you know, a big marketplace. I've grown along with Amazon, but um, that was like, okay, opportunity. How can I be different? And then, you know, PPC and all these things mattered. And what I saw was missing was branding. Uh, in the Amazon space. And, and there's a huge lack of it. I hope a lot of the people that have copied are copying my work. Honestly, I, uh, I saw a video come out locally this week here in Kansas City that I was like, pretty sure they're copying a video I made and, and you know, was promoting with one of my brands. Um, you know, they say imitation is flattery, it's still annoying. But you know, when you're looking, it just, you know, it's not about like having one great idea. I think that's the difference is that like, that's what I like about branding and helping people's stories come to life is that we're always working with something different. We're always trying to take a new a new span, a new angle on it and see it from a different way and say, hey, how can we tell this story a little bit differently? How can we do the photos a little bit differently? Um, there's a product that we have that's like very similar to a lot of other products. It was kind of a, a big challenge I gave the team and it was, uh, you know, I don't want to say what kind of product it was, but if you like, if you were to search it, you would just see a whole bunch of brands and products. It was one of those kind of like trends, like move to Amazon. And how do we stand out? Almost everyone's main photo was exactly the same, right? And and at so many times I talked to sellers that were like, I used to be the only one I was killing it. And now like, there's so many copies of me and, you know, they're struggling. It's like, well, we have to continue to be innovative, you know? Right. And so uh, this product was actually called uh, Comfort Hero. And... Um, you know, I just had this idea of standing out, like, let's do cartoons. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. let's do this, like hero, this animated, this, like, this, like superhero, uh, for comfort. Right. And it would just be like a kind of spin instead of traditional photography and all these kinds of things. It didn't cost us that much more. Right. But it was a way to just in, in a subtle way across all of our messaging, kind of create this fictional hero, uh, that we could then use to sell the product. Right. And it's just kind of fun and engaging and, um, it worked out really well. But that was like a real outside the box way of just saying, hey, we have to be different. How do we stand out? Yeah. How do we be blue when everyone else is red? Um, yeah, so th thanks for Absolutely. letting me share. I, yeah, it was, it's a lot of fun. And, and I mean, I love what we do and I, I can tell that you do too. Um, and, and it really comes across that way. You know, some people are operational, you know, and it's like they can source a product really well. They can be super organized. They can outsource all their VAs and be super processed and have SOPs. Um, but a lot of times those people that are really good in that area lack the ability to be creative and think outside the box. And, you know, and so that's where you need help. That's when you need to go find someone that's creative. Other people are naturally really creative and they create a brand and they go viral on social media without hardly trying. Well, those people are typically the people that need help being organized, you know, and getting <laughs> the process. So, um, you know, it's a lot of fun figuring out exactly what people are trying to do, what their needs are to help them create a sustainable brand. That's absolutely. Well, and that's why, you know, sometimes it's very hard to find how can we be different, right? Mm. And here is one thing that you can utilize to become different. And this is how to become a sustainable brand, right? 
I don't know if you, the very few sellers on Amazon have realized that Amazon is rewarding brands that are becoming sustainable. And they're actually now getting a badge, yep. a badge called Climate Pledge Friendly. And if you look at those badges, at the products that have those badges, they are best-selling products. Yep. Almost every single one. They are number five in the black category, number 100 in the black category. I mean, nowadays, being in the 100 on Amazon, it's like you you won the gold pot, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> and the reason why is because the world is moving towards becoming a sustainable brand. Now, what is sustainable brand? Well, it's an ethical brand. It's a brand that, you know, whatever you're doing, you're focusing, identifying, uh, integrating environmental, economical, and social issues into the operations of your business. And that's what sustainable branding is, right? You are choosing to have packaging that is recyclable, um, choosing to have a company to make um, your whatever product is your poly bags are recyclable or your right. inserts are recyclable but, or but not yeah. only recyclable non gmo okay. food right no msg that's also you know sustainable that's also uh, considered to be sustainable every brand is different every product is different it's hard to tell how you know well everybody goes recyclable okay but that's not the only thing people can do right True. because Pretty much everything, even the boxes of Amazon, are recyclable. But um, but there there is different things. Like for example, um, Dell. Dell is using now to produce their products. I think ninety percent of renewable energy from solar panels. Right. Um, Starbucks has uh, is using water conservation in the way they you know produce their coffee. Right. It's also using uh, reusable packaging and they are doing a lot of reforestation, right? Yeah. But for normal brands, for, you know, the brands out, out there in Amazon, there is a very, it's, it's very simple to become, it's, it's not, it's a very simple yet it's a very complex. Uh, it takes time. It takes time to become sustainable, but, you know, it's something you have to add as part of your, your you know, your your, your future goals as a brand. Yeah. And here's why. Consumers are four times more likely to purchase from a company with strong values. 77, 77% are concerned about the environmental impact of the products they buy. 60% rate sustainability as an important purchasing criteria. And the, the more we advance in time, Right now, the main buying force in America are the millennials, right? And right behind us, they are the Gen, the Gen Zs that are coming. Gen Zs or Gen, yeah, Gen Zs, right? This generation is much more environmental aware than even millennials, right? Yes. In a few years, like if you're playing the long game, right? Not just the I'm going to sell for two years and just leave or whatever. But if you really want to grow outside Amazon, becoming a sustainable brand is the way to do it. Amazon is already is going to reward you. 
you're going to have free uh, publishing, you know, Forbes can pick you up just because you say that, you know, you find a way to cut cost on your production by, by using 85% less water. They, you're going to get free press. You, there's so many things that you're going to get as a reward for become to become eco-friendly brand, uh, you know, and people really like these brands, right? Yeah. And the the figures I gave you are from a Shopify recent survey, so it's not just like you know whatever. It's it's this is real, real, real figures. And um, <clears throat> when people come to us, sometimes they're like, okay, well we are trying to find an angle. How can we become more? You know, how can we? gain some momentum among, you know, people to buy from us or, you know, and we always, you know, say, well, let, let's find, let's find what angle, right? Sometimes just adding some eco-friendly messaging can... into your messaging and, 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 um, and positioning is going to make a huge difference, right? And that's yeah, what I'm about... saying. It's very simple, but yet it's very complex because, you cannot just grab some packaging and just make it, you know, and put your bottle of, uh, you know, uh, vitamin serum, vitamin C serum into it and just say that you're an eco-friendly brand, right? People will pick up on that. It will backflash pretty badly on you, you know? And uh, it's really important for for people when they are becoming sustainable to um, to be very transparent because, in order for you to, for example, if you're gonna, if you want to get this uh, batch on Amazon of, um, it's called, it's called climate. the Climate Pledge Friendly Badge, right? You have to provide um, third-party uh, certification Data. that you know you are in fact your product is in fact sustainable. Yeah, no, this is good, and, and you know we're coming up on time, so I have to round us out, but. Um, we're talking about how to build a sustainable brand. And I think that's an amazing angle. And a lot of times brands are doing the right things. They're just not using it in press or they're not using it in their story. And it's about finding those things about businesses. You know, there's one we're working with right now that work with second chance workers where, you know, they do a lot of their hires are for, um, you know, people coming out of, out of, uh, jail or, or prison and, and help them find work and assimilate back into our society. And um, that's a huge thing. It's an amazing thing. And so, you know, we're working with them to kind of subtly with humbly. So add that into their messaging, you know, where, where people can understand what they're doing back for the community that they're buying from. I think that's an amazing thing. I can't wait to help that story come to life, but uh -huh. um, I got to round us out here uh, as we're coming sure. up on the hour. And once again, a big thank you to today's episode sponsor Canva with Canva. You can work together from wherever. Get on the same page as your team with seamless real-time collaboration. What you design today, explore and start designing for free at Canva.com. Rodrigo, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's I'm been sure my it's going to be the last time thank we you. connect. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. Okay. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. <laughs>